all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Close Your Optional. My guest this week is the amazing and wonderful Kurt Chatfield. He was on the podcast a little while ago, and he's back again for another wonderful conversation. Kurt has become like a brother to me over the last uh, 10 years that I've been living, or 11 years that I've been living here, and the 11 years that I've known him. Um, You know, sometimes you just meet people, and you know straight away that they're going to be a friend for life. And I knew this about Kurt, his brother Justin, and his sister Tracy from the start, and they've kind of adopted me into their family since I've been here. And uh, through all good times and bad times in my life uh, for the last 11 years, they've all been there for all of it. So um, this is a really cool conversation. It gets a bit raw. Um, I talk about some things that were sort of tough times for me in the past that seem to be coming up a little bit more lately. And um, yeah, it's a really nice conversation. It's good to have this outlet sometimes where, I don't know, it's weird. I think um, I've been feeling a little bit disassociated from my emotional self because a lot of the conversations that I've been having, I've been recording them and putting them out on the internet and feeling, um, I suppose you feel a bit vulnerable and nervous and I've got a product to produce and I want it to be interesting and good for other people and I want people to think I'm cool or neat or interesting and um, sometimes I think I, I try too hard to control it and... I don't know. I just sort of let the shit all go this time. And it was a nice conversation. It felt really good to just talk shit with someone that I love. So um, it's a cool conversation. We talk about love. We talk about relationships. We talk about uh, how to get past your own shit and how um, at the end he also talks a little bit about cryptocurrencies and how that's kind of changing the face of the world as we know it. So if you don't know anything about that stuff, it's pretty interesting. Uh, that's pretty much it. We are also coming to the end of September, which means that, uh, my roommate Melina and I are stopping our, uh, month of vegetarianism and thank fuck for that. I did a body scan about three weeks into the month and found out that I have lost three kilos of muscle and gained a kilo of fat (laughs) over the three weeks of being a vegetarian. So I definitely didn't do it right. I think that there is a lot of benefit to being vegetarian or vegan in the world the way that it is because factory farming and mass-produced meat and dairy products are fucking up much more than just the planet, much more than your insides, much more. It's a huge, gross industry that we should not be participating in. So I respect that people are working to do that, but I'm realizing that that totally doesn't really work for my body, at least the way I'm doing it. And um, I'm going to have to rethink that. But... Uh, going back to eating meat, um, I think that if you're eating good quality grass-fed meat from a local farmer and supporting local industry, I think you're doing a good thing, and I think it's probably okay. I hope, you know, who knows? That's just my two cents on the matter. Um, so for October, what we've decided is we're going to call it uh, Nedtober or Negatober, and that is in honor of Ned Flanders. Um, because we're not allowed to say anything negative for the entire month of October. 
and uh, we're going to put a little jar in our kitchen so that if either one of us says anything negative, we have to put a coin in the jar, either $2 or $1, depending on the offense. And then at the end of the month, we will celebrate with a party. And hopefully there won't be any money in there because we're going to do good and not be assholes for the whole month. It's coming at a very good time because, uh, as I kind of mentioned in the podcast, I've been feeling a little bit angry periodically, um, and I think it's a good thing because I'm going to stop coming home and ranting about nonsensical bullshit that I keep getting mad about. <laughs> it's going to be good for everybody, and um, you know, except for everybody today because today's the last day I'm allowed to be negative. I'm just going to be an atrocious cunt all day, um, and that's it. Um, oh, one other little thing that I wanted to say was just thank you so much to everybody who's been um, sending me messages or uh, commenting or uh, seeing me and thanking me for the podcast. Uh, it's fucking so cool that um, people are getting something out of this. I really, really appreciate it. It's awesome. And um, I do this every single week, so I'm always uh, having different guests on. I'm always looking to talk to interesting and new people. So by all means, if you have somebody, uh, you know somebody that's got a cool story and you think I should talk to them, introduce me, let me know who they are, and um, I'll get them on here. Thanks again for listening. Thank you so much for all your comments, participation, all that shit, liking the page, you know. Uh, Hope you guys have a great week. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so official. Mm. Yeah, I hope my brain works. This is going to be an interesting conversation. I'm going to see taste how I it. go. I know. I now that I listened to that podcast with Matt Walker on Joe Rogan. Did you listen to that one? Sleep guy. Yeah, the sleep guy. I mm. talked about it a million times, but now that I've listened to it, and he said that you don't, if you don't get eight hours of sleep, you operate at like seventy percent of your capacity. I'm so aware of that that I even think I play into it. Like last night, I slept for five and a half or six hours, and then did that class this morning, and then now this, and it's like I, I just am convinced in my head that I don't have brain cells. So, what's a normal night for you? I now, especially since I've been listening to that, I am like almost pedantic about trying to get eight hours. Usually it ends up seven and a half, seven, because I finish, tra- I finish teaching classes sometimes about 8.45 and then come in, I've got clients at 6, 6.30 in the morning. So those ones are a little bit tougher, but for the most part, yeah, I try to get eight hours. What about you? I have to. <laughs> I have to. It's a part of a puzzle. Yeah. It's just one part, and if I, if I can't just do that, you know, a day's hard enough. Yeah. The day's hard enough. So without a few simple things like if you're running a little bit off, it makes your job. Fuck, this is shit. Yeah, this oh, is, I know, know man. Just, yeah. And, and it sort of snowballs on. Mm. Fucking, fucking. <laughs> I know. It's just that simple. One of the girls that trains at our gym, she's one of our instructors. She works as a bar manager at night. So sometimes she'll finish at three in the morning and then teach a class at eight. And she operates well like that. She actually sometimes feels worse the more sleep she has because her body is so used to running like that. Yep. And she does great. Like It's not like you watch her and go, oh, fuck, she's struggling. Like She doesn't even appear to have a problem at all. Some I think, people are yes, fine. Some people can do it, and I'm just not one of those people. I, I never have been. at 18. Yeah. You know, um, you'd go have a few beers. 
And I'd be the guy looking at the watch. <laughs> Got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right boring. Fine. 18, yeah. Because <laughs> my body it just, it. Nah, it just doesn't agree. Uh, right from 18 and you're prime. <laughs> no, nah, got to go to work. <laughs> you are destined to be a worker bee for the rest of your life. I'm the guy you? who sleeps with earplugs. <laughs> yeah, that's because right. I, for some reason, will hear, without earplugs, I'll hear a gut rumble. Yeah, yeah. The tiniest <laughs> things, the bit, like vibrations. <laughs> fucking vibrations wake me up. Oh, fuck. So um, I know sleep Yeah, how important it is, you know. One thing that um, I've... I've only just started taking it again the last couple of days because it just got my shipment in as I got some more alpha brain from on it. And I'll tell you that I think that saved my life today. I, I, I like I could at least get through everything without mangling all my shit together and not knowing what I'm doing. Mm. Like I actually did feel focused and clear. A little bit of coffee, a little bit of alpha brain and you can kind of get through the day. It makes you feel really good. It, does, it makes you feel a little bit like you're just on point, like you're kind of focused. I remember taking it and... It wasn't enough of a, I need to know. Mm. I need to feel something. You know, yeah. coffee's pretty evident. You know, you get to work, do your thing, have your first fucking sip, have your turd, go. <laughs> yeah. You're on fire. You're going. There's yeah. a result. When I, when I take vitamins, pills, it's like. Yeah, and what? Yeah. You need a tab of acid. You need something that gives you something. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a funny thing about the like double blind placebo trials for uh, mushrooms that they're doing. Like the the researchers were like, it's really hard to be objective because it's so evident when someone has had the the mushrooms and someone's had the placebo. Like it's obviously so clear. You can't fool yourselves. Mm. You know straight away. Like oh yeah, you're coming up on mushrooms right now. <laughs> what is it about that realm? that world oh god i'm scared of it still i'm still like i'm still kind of coming back from the ayahuasca i think like i still i for so long after that was just having those shaky moments where i look around and be like this isn't real you know like what is this and and every once in a while when reality gets a little bit shaky i wish i could be one of those people that like loved it that you know got if i if reality got shaky and i went ooh, i'm in the game i'm in you know I'd be pumped, but mm. instead I do. I fully feel just shit scared. I just get fucking terrified. So do I. Yeah. Like I'm exactly the same. It's tough, huh? Yeah, even the slightest dose, you feel it come on, and it's it's hard work. Yeah. And yeah. But it's extreme for me. It's like all or nothing. Yeah. Right from when I was a young kid. It was always, I couldn't be in a relationship with girls. It had to be, you know, wedding or <laughs> yeah, I'm wasting gonna my marry fucking you time. It's weird. <laughs> like, right from a young kid, 13, I remember thinking to myself, I've got this, you know, who's she going to be yeah. at, at 13? Wow. Who's going to get. The lucky ticket. Sounds weird, but I felt like I had oh, this. Oh, lucky, lucky her. I had this, um, <laughs> this prize, and um, that's what I felt at 13. It's nice that you get a healthy self-esteem, Kurt. I yeah. always go, who's going to put up with hey, this? <laughs> if you ain't got you, you're fucked. Um, but, yeah, from a young age, like all or nothing, so you've got to break through. Yeah. Take a dose that will take you over the edge or dilly-dallying. You know, no results and dilly dally. Well, there are, but not the big, yeah. the, the 
the monumental shifts. You know, like I'm still affected from eight years ago. Yeah, I'm still affected. I just wish I, you know, knew who I was pre. Mm. Had some sort of measure measurement of. Like how it changed say. you. Yeah. Mm. Because just everything, man. And that know. was DMT, that one you're talking about, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one changed everything for you. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, and a lot of, I mean, there's an argument to be had that you wouldn't be anything that you are now without having gone through that shit, too. Like, you had to be the person you are. This is what Cameron Raleigh was talking about in that podcast, and I loved it, was like, you are exactly as you are because of the culmination of all the things that have happened. You're not really in control of any of this shit. That happened at the time exactly as it needed to happen to make you what you are. And you're not to know who you could have been or weren't before then. Because mm. it does feel, it's, it's like you get a personality readjustment. It's a strange thing. Definitely. And you, the brain doesn't process it. The, it's almost as if the body knows, follow the intuition, follow mm. your, as if your DNA has been reconstructed and just let that guide you as opposed to overthinking the yeah. shift. Do you think that that's where the anxiety comes from when we get that feeling of like, oh, I'm going back there again? Is it like us resisting the change? I think so, yeah. It's mm. recognizing it, feeling that feeling, and then I don't like that brain override. I don't like that. Yeah. Rather than letting the, you know, feel your thoughts. Feel your thoughts rather than thinking your thoughts. Yeah, man. Feel it. Do you know, I, I can't remember if I talked about this on a podcast or not, so forgive me, guys, if I've yammered on about this already. But um, I took some MDMA, allegedly, a little while ago, well, um, on my <laughs> own, as you do. And um, I was just, I was walking down the beach. For, I ended up walking for about three hours, just kind of like wandering around thinking things. And I realized that since I've been doing this podcast and been teaching other people Muay Thai and and taking a responsibility for myself, trying to make film projects. Like I'm actually actively being responsible for the content I'm creating in the world and the self that I'm being, but also my interactions with other people. Like I am very aware of my own responsibility to the things that I'm doing. And I realized that in doing that, taking on that responsibility, I've disconnected my emotional self from my rational self a little bit because it means too much that I do it the right way, that I am, you know, making the right content and I'm doing a good thing by the thing, the people around me. I'm working for other people. And I don't mean this in a selfless way. It's almost the opposite. It's like I have, in order to protect myself from being vulnerable in these situations, I've kind of numbed my emotions so that I'm, a, I'm really operating on a really rational level. Like, okay, objectively get this person on the podcast, have a good, interesting conversation and put it out there in the world. And then mm. next one and next one. I'm every day waking up responsible for myself. And then I took this MDMA and I was walking and I was just feeling my feelings. And they were not good or bad. They were just feelings. And all of a sudden I had this like crazy awareness that I hadn't felt feelings for a long time. I've been constantly pressing them down so that I can get on with my work. And then I just had this day where I was just walking on the beach, like feeling things. It's like, fucking hell. I felt like a little kid again. Just that sensation of like when the wind blew on me, I felt what wind felt like. I've been so pushing so hard to be going forward. And I, I was like, oh man, I've become less of a human. You know, I'm becoming this kind of robotic thing that has to drive forward and create stuff and do things. And it's nice because it's not about me anymore. But at the same time, I've lost a little element of my own humanity. Mm -hmm. 
And it was hard. It was uncomfortable. Like when I felt the feelings, I was like, oh, I'm feely feeling. I realized I haven't been listening to music because I listen to podcasts. I'm doing research. I'm thinking about things. I'm reading a lot of books, which is good. It's good for my brain. But at the same time, I'm never just letting that music wash over you. Just feel sounds. Let your brain just fucking go. Music to me is everything. Mm. I get to work all day listening to music. Yeah. And podcasts. And one good song, one fucking cracker that you haven't heard for a while. Yeah. Whatever. And then you're on a good buzz. Yeah. What is, when do you get that? Oh. When do you get that? I've, you know, take drugs, you'll get it. Mm. But that's the other thing. So do you feel love or do you think love? Well, and I'm kind of realizing this about myself that in the in the past, before I felt um, a need to protect myself, I felt love a lot. I really loved loving. And I would just completely dive into it. And I'd get burned every once in a while, but I loved people. Like, I fucking loved. And then the more I realized that I was loving so much, I, I was not getting the same reactions back because I was loving the wrong people, the people that didn't feel the same way, you know, whatever, all of that shit happens. And then all of a sudden I kind of felt like I was shutting down and I needed to protect it. And now, so here's, here's a fucking weird thing. I, I, had a, I interviewed a lady recently who does um, like these sexual, did you listen to that podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does these women's self-pleasure circles. And she was talking a lot about your womb being like the core center of your creativity, the center of your emotions, and center of your like kind of feminine power. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And so a few years ago, I had an abortion because I had a bad situation that I wasn't going to stick around with, and I had to do this. So I, after that, and I don't know if they're completely related. I'm just totally retrospectively thinking. I have... really had a hard time feeling love again, like emotionally feeling. I feel really numb when it comes to love things. I feel really protected. I feel really scared, and I feel kind of shut off from there. And I'm wondering, when I had that ayahuasca, there was this really, I had a moment where I kind of had asked me to deal with how I felt about that time and what went on, and I felt this overwhelming sadness for just all of it, the whole situation that I even got in that situation, that I had to make the decision I made. We went through it. I went through it. I luckily had good family, like your family down here that looked after me while it all happened, but I was pretty alone while it all went on, and I just felt like, yeah, I never... I've, maybe I never really quite fully processed exactly how big of a thing that was. Mm-hmm. And so over time, I guess, only just having this conversation with her only a couple of weeks ago made me realize, like, man, maybe I, through that process, going in there, you know, having that surgery happen, all that stuff going on down there, I actually have really lost connection with that part of me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where a lot of this emotion's coming back from, like that I need to get back to that connection with that place. Because they talk about this a lot, like having surgery in certain areas takes a lot for your body to kind of come back and heal both physically and mentally. You've got to get the neurons working and stuff again. I don't know. I mean, that could be a reach. It could be far wacky thinking. But so I don't know. Ever since then, so for the last few years, I've been really struggling to cross that line and feel love Mm -hmm. properly. Mm -hmm. I felt it a few moments. I've definitely had those moments where I want to like tell someone that I love them or I feel that way. But... It's so restricted and it's mm. so fearful. Disingenuous. Yeah, it, of- and it feels needy more than it feels really connected. It's like I kind of almost need someone to 
I need someone to pull it out of me rather than to like just let it come. Does there have to be the second person? Say if you have a, um, a photo of a person that you, you know, family or whatever, can you look at the photo and pull those emotions from the photo or does there have to be another person with you to exchange or to pull out an emotion? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I do get it. Yeah, I've got, um, I've just updated the photo on my phone of me and my brother. And, uh, when I came back from, yeah, just when I came back from America, his girlfriend gave me this phone and, um, so I updated the picture on it to be a picture of me and my brother. So every time I check the time, I see this goofy picture of me and my brother. And I get a really nice, warm sensation of, like, love and family. I fucking love my brother. You know, I, like, we haven't had the closest relationship our whole lives. But the further away that I move geographically from him, the closer I actually get to him. Mm-hmm. I just talked to him. It was only his birthday the other day. And I was talking to him yesterday. And it was the first time I actually, like, have... You know, I just feel really good and happy with him as we get older. And... I don't know, yeah. So when I see that picture, I look at my brother and I think, man, I love you. I love my family. I'm happy that they exist. So I guess that is there. But, yeah, it's pretty deep down. I find it the opposite. I find it harder when there's a person there to express fully. Yeah. 100%. Whereas if I, just the other day, I looked at a photo of Tyler. Yeah. And, you know, it was her taking a photo of herself for work. And I don't know what it is, but you can see the innocence yeah, or whatever of her or the person you're looking at. And just that, I don't know, it almost brings out, like maybe it's the the fatherly thing in me that wants to care for her and protect her that can't, doesn't come from anything else yeah that's come amazing from any, yeah just a photo you yeah. know I'll be like in a dusty warehouse <laughs> getting wet eyes staring at a photo <laughs> of your wife well that's a really nice thing yeah I mean, it's very beautiful. it's powerful yeah you know and um that comes back to the 13 year old who's going to get it yeah yeah and yeah. then when I see it I'll you know I just go oh you it was it. you. You were the one. Wow. That person, you were the one that when I was 13 was going, who's it going to be? Yes, man. Yeah, and it's just this weird explosion. Bang, there it is. Wow. It's just like a detonation. Boof, every time you get into that place yeah, mentally yeah. and emotionally, you see it, and it just, it's overwhelming. It stops time. It stops everything. Yeah, that's a beautiful fucking thing. It's, it's like, just happened. Well, do you know, probably a little element of that, not to drag down the beauty of that moment, but is that when there is a person there in front of you, there's a vulnerability there that they're looking back at you. And so, you know, there's this gross thing that if you had that... It's the same thing we've talked about with music and art before. Like, when you have that feeling with the piece of music you're making, you can't tell someone else about it. As soon as you tell them about it, it's like, ah, you don't get it. And it's not their fault they don't get it. They just physically can't get it. You're inside that piece of music. As soon as you try and bring it out and talk about it, it becomes corny, it becomes cheesy, it's a shittier version of itself. So you have that feeling when you look at Tyler... 
but she's going to see it back to you and reflect it back to you. And then all of a sudden you've got to feel the feelings that she's feeling to you and back and forth. And then all of a sudden you've got this vulnerability that Mm -hmm. she's going to see this thing in me, Yes, you know? Yeah. And I think that does come in time. I mean, that that you guys, because you've, well, you've been married for two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I imagine after 15 years, that thing, you would completely have that thing. You would know each other mm. inside and out that that, and that will go away. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, when you get to know someone, you find that one person that you want to have that feeling for. You see that in her, that over time, it's just going to be that slow peeling away of getting closer and closer and closer and more connected with someone that you fucking deeply love. Mm. That's what the aim of marriage is, man. And we are so fucking backwards with this whole thing of possession and fuck you, I'm getting on Tinder, divorce, you know, all that yucky stuff. Like people get bored just like you get bored on the internet. You're constantly browsing for videos. Like people are always looking for the next best thing. Mm. And I struggle with it constantly, man. Like we were talking about this last night because we um, went up to go see Hammers and Smokey Martha play. And these guys, like the whole of Hammers, you watch their band play together and they're just dudes that love each other. And so you go, you just watching them play, you just see them be this amazing, beautiful unit of love and happiness and excitement. And you come out, they come out and we talk to them and they're exactly the same way. Every time you talk to them, they're just these open, rad human beings that spent a shitload of time being their best version of themselves, figuring each other out, figuring themselves out. And I was talking to one of them about it last night. It was like, it is so fucking hard to find those kind of people that you can connect to on that way. And that's the thing. is like, it's not worth dating 60 different people and trying all different people out. It's like, if that thing isn't there, that thing is not there. It's not worth it. And I, I mean, I struggle because I don't drink anymore. So going out and trying to talk to people, everyone's mm. a drunk idiot. Mm. Everyone's kind of falling over you, trying to do some corny, weird shit with you. And it's like... I come across probably rude. I know I don't mean to, but it's just, I, if I don't feel that thing, it's not worth it. I don't think that's rude at all. You know, when I, I did the Tinder thing and I went on maybe 25. That's right. Oh, 25 yeah, dates. Yeah. Um, fucked a few. Um, but that was because, you know, male and it had been four years or something. Yeah, why not? Exactly. And then... But I knew what I wanted. Mm. I was ready. Yeah. I had made the decision in a way, sacrifice the music because it was all or nothing. And then when that wavered a bit, my attention went over here and sorted that out. I'm ready to find love. And 25 interviews later... (laughs) um, Someone got that golden ticket. (laughs) And in those 25 dates... Fuck, I learnt a lot about me. But do you know what's funny? Like, you saying 25 dates seems like an extreme number to both of us. Like, I'm sitting here shaking going, Jesus, fuck. I can't imagine doing 25 dates. But for a normal person, that's like uh, six months. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I can't believe it. How many women I've talked to, like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. That didn't work. And I'm like, since when? How? How are you meeting these people? Like, how does this even work? I don't get it. Because I just don't, I never have the interaction with people to do that. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I thought like you got to put yourself in that position. You got to go on Tinder and actively try. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Because human beings exploit stuff. Um, you know, I saw Tinder as being the best tool for me at the time. Yeah. Because, like you, I couldn't go out. Mm. I just hate being out in social environments. Hate it. Always have. 
Um, so I was like, I'm not taking that route. I want to talk to someone. I want to engage. Mm. I want to get straight through the bullshit and strike a nerve. Can't do that in a in a pub or a cafe or you know there's places around nobbies and that. Can't yeah. do it. I have hearing problems, so if there's music around, I'm fucked. <laughs> I go back to the deaf thing and try and understand your body and what did you say and it's what the fuck? It's more of a stressful thing. (laughs) So it was always cafe, um, morning, never evening. Yeah. Never evening. And um, just it got to the point where I got so comfortable, you know, the hour leading up to the date. Oh, yuck. All that shit. Yeah. Oh, I know. Learn to deal with that. (laughs) Just a person. You're going to go and talk to a person. Yeah. What's all this... Why, do we, why is it so stressful, man? Expectations on ourselves because if they don't see me f- for what I'm trying to portray, mm. that I think causes the anxiety. Whereas when you get to the point where I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to just go as my hair is. I'm not going to try too hard. My cute mullet. Yeah, man, <laughs> just rock up, shoot the shit. If there's something there... There's something there. And if there isn't, excuse me, I've got to go. Yeah. And like you say, it's not being rude. It's just you know exactly what you want. You're not getting it. Move. Yeah, man. Sorry. Um, I think my flatmate's calling. Bye. <laughs> and it's, you know, are you going to care for every person? You didn't hurt them. You just, I've got to go, man. Um, you were hoping for something and I was hoping for something and this just isn't going to. Yeah, and it's not going to be If it. you want to be a successful person in life. Those guys at the top, it's ruthless up there. Ah, scary. You know, take from the top and spread down the bottom, and that's one of them. Nah, move on. Nah, move on. Yeah, because you spend a lot of energy on this shit, man. I've definitely spent way too much time in my life trying to make shit work that wasn't right for whatever reason. And most of the time, it does come down to me feeling like I needed to fill a void within me. I needed them to fill something that I was lacking. And I, I, an interesting transition that I've been having actually lately is that feeling more kind of comfortable in what I'm trying to do in my life and who I am and what I want, I have noticed a tendency more, uh, less sadness and more anger when things aren't working. And it's not a ruthless anger or a blaming anger. It's like, no, I had a fucking expectation. It didn't work and I expect better. That's kind of where my brain's gone these days. I remember like last year, if something didn't work out, I'd immediately go into this train of thought that, oh, what did I do? I did something wrong. I must have sent the wrong message. Am I too weak? I'm too weak. Nobody nobody respects me. So I started like berating myself for shit that was going wrong. Whether it was a boy that rejected me or something didn't work out while I was trying to work on something that didn't work, I'd immediately take it out of myself. And I'd noticed that in the last few months, I've had this transition to be like, that didn't work. I need to do better. This needs to happen better. And it's not me necessarily that's fucked up now. It's like the situation didn't work. How can I fix this? Which is a nice, it's, it's actually kind of unusual for me. I'm not used to being on a more anger side. I'm always more sad, but it's kind of a nice change for me. I feel a bit stronger. Is it, is it confidence? Yeah, you know, I think it is. I think there's like an an element of confidence. And I felt that last night too. There was a moment where I was kind of standing there uh, because I'm not drinking obviously and um, the bands had finished playing and we were waiting around to get our ride home. And everybody's drinking, dancing to the club music that came up, you know, after the bands had played. And I just 
literally just was standing there with my jacket in my arms, leaning against the wall. And I'm pleasant, and I feel pleasant. And I could see that thing in the back of my head going, God, Lorna, like, loosen up tight you're fucking up tight you know relax go dance go have a laugh and I realized like I don't need to fucking do that I don't I don't need to do that yeah sure I probably do look like an uptight bitch but I I'm okay I'm okay standing here I'm gonna do exactly what I want to do because what what happens in my head is like oh no no be cool be funny be interesting so like what I used to do is I'd get hammered drunk and get out on the dance floor and like do stupid moves and try and like make an ass of myself so that someone would see me and now I'm like ugh I just don't care. It's not really getting me any dates, let's be honest. <laughs> like, no one talked to me all Do night. you use <laughs> Tinder or do you use... Nah, oh, fuck no, no way. Nothing? No, I'm worried about Tinder um, because historically I've definitely had... Yeah, I've used relationships to validate myself. And I am aware that I've done that, so I've been trying really hard in the last few years to not do that. And again, since that relationship broke down a couple years ago and I moved down here and that all that shit happened, and I've kind of had this weird numbness in my guts about everything. I've, tr- I've tried to date people, and I'm still like, I'm not being able to cross that threshold. And um, so, I, yeah, I guess I've consciously made this intention in my head that I'm not doing it unless it feels right. And unfortunately, I'm just expecting that person to appear to me somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not actually going out to look for it. Because I, I don't want just anything. I don't want just anyone. I'm not, I don't feel lonely or unsatisfied in my life. I feel comfortable doing what I'm doing. So it's not like something's missing. But I, I fear that if I took, if I put Tinder on my phone, then I would have this addiction to look for validation constantly. I've, if there's the option of a man in my pocket that's trying to talk to me, then I feel like that's going to take my attention away from what I've been trying to work on with myself. Because um, maybe I just, I'm afraid that I would go straight back into the addiction type feeling. I don't drink anymore because I had that addictive feeling and I tended to, drinking and boys went hand in hand with each other. So I think I, I probably can't even differentiate between whether the alcohol made me feel shitty or the way I interacted with boys made me feel shitty or a combination of both. And like probably because I'm shy about boys as it is that I was drinking to be able to talk to boys that both of them became shameful and I use them against themselves against me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the boys or if it's the drinking that made me feel addicted, but either way it was not good. And that's the thing, you know, when, when it happens, it could be some other app or whatever in three years, one year, seven years. When when that it's ready, mm. you fucking know. Yeah, and that's the mm. other thing too. Like the only thing that worries me is that I wanna I do wanna have kids when I grow up. <laughs> when you grow up. How long you got to go? <laughs> I'm thirty well, I'll be thirty three in November. Um yeah, like so I do wanna have kids and I know that that's a thing. I have a biological time clock inside here so there is an element of that that's in the back of my head that I and I've been consciously been like all right I'm going to make a better effort to go and socialize with people meet other people that are like-minded and talking to me and I because I imagine that I make friends through friends like I talk to people on the podcast people are interested in shit that I do the amount of amazing people I've met through just talking to them on the podcast and then by a proxy of that they're friends and I like I am starting to at least have conversations with more people that are 
um, at least, you know, triggering that thing inside my brain that goes, oh, you're an interesting person. This is, you know, at least leading more down the track of someone that relates to me because I'm not going to find that person necessarily at the bar. I just don't think so. Like anyone who spends their Friday night getting drunk at a pub is not going to be my guy, mm. probably, unless they're do- out there doing what I was doing, trying to quash the fucking void in their stomach mm-hmm. by going out to get drunk and hopefully hope that I run into them at the bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like, you know, and most of the people, that's the funny thing about it. Like, you go out to a bar, you get depressed that no one's talking to you, but then the people that do talk to you are not the ones you want talking to you. They're the real overconfident, overdrunk fucking, you know, that's their thing. That's what they do. I want the guy that's like, shitting himself in the corner scared to talk to me <laughs> chances are you they won't be out <laughs> yeah most likely he's at home making music or doing something cool drawing mm, mm. <laughs> recording a podcast i don't mm. know you know that thing <clears throat> people would say when you go on tour they would go oh, you get a few birds oh yuck just not ever no no just not ever because you're a you're a muppet for a start, you are who you are still on the road. Yeah, just because yeah. you're in a shit band and you're on tour, in quotes. <laughs> yeah. you, what, you're going to get more? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Oh, and, that's and, funny. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what state you're in. You're still a fucking Muppet. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just insecure, kind of awkward and long. <laughs> mm. That confidence thing. It's, um, uh, I was just exposed to a friend of mine recently married um, I don't know if I was, yeah, I was telling you last week. Um, yeah, his wife just was, just fucking came out and said she's been cheating for six months. Oh, God, it's so rough. And um, I've sort of seen the whole process yeah. come to fruition in his body language, his vocab, um, and his mind processing and grasping with the conversations we were having. Because he's talking to me, so I'm going to be me and just answer the way I'm going to answer. And I could see that they were the things that weren't in his orbit. Yeah, wow. Just brand new. Yeah, just brand new. Bang. And you could see the face, that split second of new info Mm. go Mm. in and then it's processing and we'd talk away. And just over that six months... I was, the question I was asking myself is, does this guy not care for himself? Yeah. At all. Um, I was, you know, like, you, you, you want to be proud and say, hey, you've treated me poorly or wrong or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she might be sad and it wasn't working yet for sure, but his deal in the partnership was that you don't... I married you. Yeah, you don't have sex with other people for six months. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's um, kind of part of the agreement. Yeah, and he went straight into what did I do wrong? Yeah, yeah, that, that is, like, that's yep, insecurity. That's man, very for sure. common, for sure. And then... Um, it's a nice thing, like, that somebody isn't immediately going to blame because there are two types of toxic thinking, for sure. The one type of toxic thinking is I'm a fuck-up and I brought this on myself. The other one is you're a fuck-up and you're a, you're a bitch and fuck you and everybody sucks. Like, neither one of those is good. They're black and white thinking and they're wrong. But, yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like where's, where's that self-respect to know where the line is? The line is so important. Mm. If it's two mm-hmm. people, it's 50-50. You see 
you step over the line, I step over the line. You, f- you know. Yeah. You know whether you are married or not when you step over the line. You can see it. You can feel it. Yeah, and maybe, and like, I can see this, that the marriage is kind of falling apart. She has a connection with somebody else. She makes a mistake one night. She comes home and she talks to him about it. They go see a, you know, a counselor, whatever. They work it out. And she, he goes, I've got things I need to work on. You've got things you need to work on. Let's work it out. And you stay married and you are in love. Six months that someone's fucking somebody else and never says a word to you about it. And then she goes, oh, well, you know, we weren't really in love with each other and we, you could have done better. It's like, fuck you, man. That, that's just so sly. That's, it's so far gone at that point. Like, mm. there's, no, there's no coming back like, oh, but I was lonely. It's like, yeah, all right, six months, man. You can be lonely one night and we may, might be able to talk about it. But six months is a fucking joke. It turned out to be six years of the feeling. Oh, of not being engaged, yeah. Dissipating. Yeah. The love they had mm. could have told them six months ago, uh, six years ago, mm. hey, and worked on something or whatever. But communicate, and then the fact that you, the the event happened, you know, six months, didn't say shit, and then it comes to the six month mark, bang, yeah, I've done it repeatedly. I'm still in contact with this person, mm. and in my head, I'm just like, oh, dude, that's that's kind of cool that it's black and white here, man. Yeah. 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 At least, at least you don't have to yeah. question it. Yeah. Like, this is so clear in your head that yeah. you should not go this back to this fuck, person. Yeah. You're looking at him, and go, "Fuck, dude, this is clear as day, man." Like, yeah. She she doesn't have the kahunis to tell you that this ain't going forward, mm-hmm. right? You talk all you want about it, like you know, you should have the responsibility. Whatever. The situation is, she doesn't, and he's still in the he's still on the ice. She's yeah, yeah. trying to find his footing. <laughs> And I was like, dude, man, like, this is the clearest example of, like, bro, you've got now, this is where you're grounding your family, all those things that really matter will step up. Yes. You're fine, dude. You're fine. Um, in 10 years' time, you might look back, but you'll be like, oh, well, you know, I kept moving. Yes. Whereas she might be the one who goes... Oops. He was a good dude. Yeah. You know, wherever she is in 10 years. But that's the thing too, and that's a beautiful thing about this whole concept of free will is like she didn't, you know what I mean? She didn't realize that he was a good man at the time. And, and honestly, likely, if she's been feeling this for six years, she shouldn't have been with him. She, you got to, you got, I mean, that's it. It's so sad that we don't take any energy to figure out what we want in ourselves. You know, because this the this void feeling, this lonely feeling does exist for everybody. Absolutely. No matter how much you work on yourself and you feel confident in yourself, there we are it's like we're humans are designed to want to bond with someone else. So we do this thing where you bond with someone else and you just accept constantly it's constant mediocrity and almost we're programmed programmed into it from having jobs that we're supposed to just hate and we just go and it's like well fuck it it's job fuck it it's my wife you know fuck it this is my life i have my little moments where i get to watch porn when she's away or i get to you know watch sports with the boys or whatever the fuck it is you know like you have your escapes from your life rather than I want to build a life that I really, really want to live. I want to build a relationship that I really want to be in. Sure, she's going to fuck you off every once in a while. Like, sure, you need to spend a lot of time apart so you can really love each other and grow to care for each other. But there's no point in living in that gray world. where, Like, how can she go six years knowing she didn't love this person and not have the fucking confidence to just say something? 
And what is it? What is it inside people that don't see that flag raised up and just go, now nah, I'm going to just keep plugging forward? Like, to me, it feels like I'm dying. Like, I wake up in the morning at a job I hate and go, I fucking cannot do this one more day. And I quit. And some people do look at me and go, oh, you're a bit of a fuck up. You're 32 years old, no real job. <laughs> no, fair enough, whatever. I don't give a fuck because I'm actually genuinely doing something that matters to me now. I could not be happier with the way that my life is working out. Every single day it rolls on. I don't have a weekend. Mm -hmm. I don't sit here and go, oh, thank fuck it's Friday. I hear people say that now and it actually makes me sad. Mm -hmm. It used to bother me before because I worked in the mines. You remember that? Like coming back and being like, oh, thank God I'm home. I've just got to go out to, to hell for two weeks and come back. I was like, oh, it's a means to an end. It's a means to an end. It's not worth it. I will never do that again. I will never, ever, ever do a job that I don't want to do. I, I'm lucky enough to say I can do that because I can at least pay my rent with what I do, but fuck, I couldn't go back to that. Wage slave? Yeah, it's mm. awful. Awful, man. Especially, uh, I haven't done it for four years now, worked for someone. Mm. Technically, I do now, but I work alone. Yeah, man, yeah, and the way so you've sorted your life out, it's just so... It's, 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 it's your time? It's a normal job, mm. but I work alone. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's nice. that right there is pure gold. Yeah. That that far outweighs what I do, because, like you say, I'm working. My work ethic never stopped, just because I'm in a job that I have to do. You know, KPIs per fucking day or whatever that bullshit is. <laughs> I don't. But um, I work on my self every day. Yeah. I'm working. My work ethic is to work on myself. Yes. I don't. My job doesn't define me. I have to be somewhere for ten hours a day, but I've still got fourteen. Eight of them will be sleeping. So what's that? <laughs> Fuck all. <laughs> but um, it but that whole time, I mean, you're expanding as a human. You're thinking about shit. You're listening every to music. You're deeply engaged in day, your life. man. Mm -hmm. You know. So when I go, oh fuck, it's the weekend. What that means for me is that I can kind of shut off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because when I get to work, I get to work, man. I, yeah, i got to lift shit and do boxes, but I'm also working, writing lyrics, fucking constant. Pen behind the ear. Yeah. When the thing comes, hopefully work never hears this, but I've got a guitar at work. Yeah. And when the th I'm a morning person. When the thing comes, the muse or whatever you want to call it, it's always in the morning, never at night. Oh, wow. Never after 6 p.m., never mm. after 4 p.m. Morning, fucking early, 6.04, yeah. bang, and it hits me like a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> yes. And there's the guitar, boom, everything stops, and I'm just doing my thing. I have that luxury. That's awesome. Yeah. So call it a job, yep, but nah. Well, it's got to pay the bills. Something's got to pay the bills. And you're, you've figured out a way to make this work perfectly for your situation. Yep. You know, my dad did that. And from the outside, um, and as a kid, I didn't understand it because I thought that my, I was embarrassed. My dad was a school bus driver. And um, kids were fucking ruthless growing up. It was horrible. The worst, yeah. And I grew up in a upper middle class white society where we were the bottom tier you know like my family didn't have a lot of money we weren't impoverished we were fine we lived in a great community but we were at the bottom and so my dad's a school bus driver with a bunch of fucking horrible rich white kids and they were cunts but my dad had drove the school bus early hours in the morning he had the entire middle of the day to do 
his artwork. He had a huge shed that the garage let him use. He could do whatever the fuck he wanted with it. He could make whatever he wanted. And then at the end of the day, he'd go do the school bus run and be home to have dinner with his kids and spend the night with his family. It worked perfectly for him. And to me, as a little kid, I, I was so embarrassed. I told my, ki- my friends at school that my dad went to jail. <laughs> oh, wow. How fucked up is that? I was so embarrassed that I had this memory of um, uh, my boyfriend in high school. So, so gnarly. We went on a soccer trip. We all played. We had a soccer tournament down in Denver. This was about an hour and a half bus ride away from my hometown. And so the boys' soccer team and the girls' soccer team were all on the one bus, and we drove down. And my dad happened to get that schedule that day, so he was driving our bus. And the girls were cute about it on the team. You know, they'd always be like, oh, look, your dad's the bus driver. And I'm like a typical embarrassed teenager, like, oh, whatever, guys, just whatever. But I love my dad. You know, he's my hero in my eyes. My dad is like the ultimate picture of man to me, this artist. He's really interesting. No wonder I chase psychopathic creative people that don't love me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just chasing after my dad. But... I mean, he's an amazing person, and my dad's so talented and so smart, and then you see him driving a bus, and the picture in my head is like, you know, they're thinking, oh, he's just this dumb guy, he's given up, like, probably did come out of jail or whatever, you know? Then, so we're all on the bus, we're riding down, and my boyfriend at the time was on the soccer team, so he was, he's eating an orange, and he was trying to be a clown with everybody, and he started peeling this orange and throwing the orange peels on the ground, and then was like mashing the orange into his face, into the seat everywhere. And um, somebody was like, God, you're making a fucking crazy mess here. And he's like, who gives a fuck? The bus driver will pick it up. Mm. And everything, like deep into the core of my body, just I was so fucking sick and angry. And I couldn't believe, like, this is how we treat other people. You know what I mean? Who gives a fuck about anyone else? You, it's, we're so isolated. And when I realized that that kid was talking about my dad, this is someone that's supposed to love me and care about me, and he's talking about my dad and doesn't even think twice about it, doesn't even give a shit. It was sickening, man. Mm. Cut deep, eh? Yeah. Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard to deal with. I, I'm, you're taking my hero that you're talking about. And then I just look up to the front. You know, my dad's just cruising, driving the bus. And in his mind, he has the time of his life. He is the happiest person he's ever been. He, it worked perfect for him. It was exactly what he wanted. Crazy, man. Ah, oh, Bus driver. Yeah. yeah. I know you'd never think of that job. You'd never think that that's the way to do it. Now that I think back on it, I'm like, God damn it, he had it perfect. He really sorted it out. Because I've never really heard anyone else living that kind of life. This mm. is very similar to what I do. Yeah, true. You know, there's a little, there's the side of you that goes, oh, fuck, you know, like, that potential, mm-hmm. that potential in you, you like, fuck. Um, it does get the best of you sometimes, you know, because I listen to crypto and that whole realm of technology and the opportunity, um, not based on the old, the old model. The old model is fucking dead and it's dying, it's gone. Yeah. That hope of like a dude like me can talk the ass off a fucking donkey. <laughs> yeah. Go for work for some tech company that has too much money and travel around and yeah. talk about this product. That opportunity to me makes me go, fuck, you know, like, oh. Yeah, should I be doing more or something? Yeah, like that? but that's when you go, hang on, oh, my balance is a bit whack here. Recenter, refocus. Mm. Would I have the time to work on myself, to be by myself? Probably not. Well, oh, cool. 
sweet ass. You know? Yeah, you understand what that priority yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, no. That, and that's a funny thing. You see people on the outside like, oh, fuck, you, be, you could be doing better. But you really think about it like, better for what? Mm. You know, what's better? Mm. If that, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts when someone says, oh, they look at you. It's just a weird exchange. They look at you. Yeah. Whatever they're doing in their life, they look at you and say, you could do better. Oh. Yeah, and you're sort of like, this This is either going to be a punch-up or an argument or something because, you know, I would never, ever say to anyone else, do better. Yeah, well, I've definitely done it. I've done it to where I, like, like your sister's a great example where, and I, it's just because I've never understood the mindset that someone could be happy doing a nine-to-five. Because I'm that fucking locked into my own thinking of what matters. And it's that same thing. See, and my dad couldn't understand why he would want to do that. Um, in my head, it seems so suffocating. And then I see someone like your sister who's so talented. so She's so smart. She's so sharp. She could do anything. And she likes doing that nine to five. She loves that structure and she loves the community that she's got around it. She's got good friends around her. And all the time I was always like, oh, I just want to see you thrive. And then I realized like, fuck, she, she is She's thriving exactly the way she is. And it's not fair. It's, it, her life is not my life, and it never can be. It's kind of like you become a negative thing. Right, to the exactly. That, yeah. yeah. Um, you're trying the best. You think you're giving your best. You only want the best, yeah. but it's actually the worst. Yeah, you're actually hurt. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes oh, it's not like I'd never say to someone, do better. When you acknowledge that someone's trying or wants help, or wants mm. answers, or wants anything, and you actually feel that you have experienced something that they're asking that has to do with getting somewhere further than where you are, then engage. Mm. But never sit on your high horse and say, hey, man, this is what you got to do. Because that is war. That yeah. is war. You're going to war with someone on a deep level. You're going to pull out some shit. I know. No reason. I get worried about that shit, like with um, like business coaches and stuff. You know, they're telling you, selling you your foolproof model to sell your business or whatever. I just read some gross thing. It was just a headline for an article. I didn't click on it, but it was like, social influencers are the new celebrities. How to get more followers or something, like how to become the social influencer, uh, the next big thing. What fucking stupid shit. I was looking at it going, everything you're doing is missing the point. We have this amazing opportunity to share our individuality in some form or another. There's so much content that can be produced to make it about becoming a celebrity for you yourself to grow yourself to be this big thing. It's just fucking gross. We've got to get away from this commodifying the human, commodifying the self and becoming the self that makes you self money. It's gross, man. It's gross because you, you're going through your Instagram and you've got those things that you like. Because, you know, we both use social media. Yeah. And you'll see the 450,000th fitness person. And you come up. It's gotten to the point that person might be genuine. Yeah. Might be, it's gotten to the point where, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, boring. It's, yeah, it's gotten don't to the care. point where you, you don't know what's genuine anymore. Like they've, they've uh, exploited yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the do better. They've exploited <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. You know, that's what I was trying to explain last time is the fact that, yeah, go do better, do, you know, pursue, pursue. And it's like, if you go out and try and pursue without a general direction, you're going to get damaged, man. You're going to yeah. go 
four steps back, one forward. You know, that's so, it's so detrimental to a human being to just go, you know what, I'm going to do that too. Yes. Without that resonation, coming back to music. Music, if it resonates, if that intuition within you pulls you mm. and you feel it rather than try and overthink it, you feel it, go. Yeah. 100% go and, I, and support that. But when it's like, they did it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. You're going to get eaten. Yeah, follow these 10 steps and you will become yeah, the next you X. will get fucking chewed up and spat out. Yeah, it's too easy to see that bullshit coming, you know? It's a mask. It's a costume. Yeah, because I talk to people like you and I know that you would never do or pursue those things. You'd just say, ooh, straight off the bat. But mm. you, those things sell out. Oh, I know. They sell That's out. I know. Yeah, they sell out and you're just like, fuck, who the fuck? Like, I'm looking around and go, who the fuck would actually like... <laughs> And then I'm the weirdo. <laughs> I'm the one. It's so funny. Yeah, on the sidelines. You're that old guy going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and there's more of them than you. I know. And why? I know. I look at it too and I'm like, has anyone, why, how come everyone, you know, you watch it from the outside. I've, I watched this new Netflix series. Um, it's called, it's Marin. It's Mark Marin's show, Marin. It, it's fucking so funny. I was just listening. To, I was just watching one episode recently where he like goes to. He kind of has a rapport with the person he does a podcast with, and then he goes to a yoga class with her, and then the yoga teacher's just this fucking moron, you know, just a total like pretentious wanky dick. And um, after you know, you're just watching it, and it's so evidently clear like that this guy is so fake. But everyone, all the characters in the story, really, they just don't. You know, there's like blinders on. They can't see it. And this happens every single day. I'm walking around in the world looking at these just fucked people that are costumes of themselves. And I can't, and people are like, aren't they beautiful? And then I'm wondering like, my God, am I just a judgmental cunt? Like, am I, why, why am I so goddamn critical of everybody? I got to relax a little bit. And so I try and like, ah, nah, just let them in. It's all good. But I can't. You just can't. Then when somebody is a character of themselves, someone's pushing some self in front of them that they're trying to be this influencer, I fucking have no time for it. No mm. patience. Mm. I can't do it. I've got the same thing. You know, you, you sort of in the room and you're like, my energy level goes up yeah. as if I have to defend these people. <laughs> Yeah, like how do you how how is people not seeing this? Yeah. It's almost like you want to explode. You want to like lift the the sheep's costume off of the wolf and be like, "Don't you guys see what's mm. going on?" Because you're like, you might be in yoga and you're like, "This is a sacred space," because it is for you. Like it goes deep or whatever the fuck you're doing. If it's genuine and within you, and you're like, "This is a sacred thing," and then you go in and the ooze in there. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> like you're like it fucks up your. You can't get centered. You can't because. If I go to yoga and I see that that funny person with the dick togs on and saggy skin and that typical bald spot with long hair, it's <laughs> all I'm thinking when I'm doing those moves, man. It's just my I cannot be there. I cannot get lost. Nah, nah, bald spot, funny even his feet. You know, just get lost. Yeah, and he's like greasing up someone's back. Yeah, like showing him how to yeah. hold a pose better. Devo, full no. Devo in there. Like he's always <laughs> tends to be behind some young sort of twenty-one year old. But, <laughs> What's this cunt up to? I'll yeah. see you, fucking dirty dog. That's what I'm thinking about. Just stretch, mate. Just shut off and stretch. I can't. I, I struggle to shut off. 
Ah, oh, it's tough, man. It is tough. I know. And you don't want to be that asshole. You want to be like, hey, everyone's just living their life. They're doing their thing. But it does, you just feel it's the same. It's like listening to shitty music. And, you know, it's just like, kind of like, yeah, people can like that kind of music, whatever. I want to, you know, bless them on their journey. But, nah, mm. I can't. Mm. I've got, I have to have, you have to have that element of taste, you know? You have to at some points just be authentic. Just be real and be like, you know what? Fuck it. That, that person's a clown. Sorry. Mm. I want to be positive, but you're a fucking clown. Mm. I can't talk to you. I can't see you. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah, and that's the other thing. We all have the capacity to listen to music that we think we hate, but get to a place where you listen and then you can hear it. And you go, oh, we have those moments. Mm-hmm. Fucking, that didn't happen 10 years ago. Is that yeah, just straight off the yeah. bat, judgment, bang, and there ain't nothing coming through. I've made my decision. Yes. Whereas the, there is that ability within us to go, stop, what, listen, and then realize that whatever that thing is transmitting, it's somewhere in me. Mm. It's somewhere in there that I haven't really um, tapped into. And that's like, so we judge music by genre or fucking don't like those sounds or whatever. But if you got to that place, that centered place, 24-7, where you could sit there and go and listen and then your brain starts going as the types of people we are, the creative nature. How does that work? And then mm. you're in there. Yeah, yeah, man. You're yeah, and that's there. the thing too. And this is something really nice about like um, it, thinking about cognitive psychology a little bit more that the person that's trying to be a self, that's trying to be a costume, they are still a self. They are still a human at their core. And that we, by us, I'm automatically switching off and being like, fuck you, don't have the time for you. I, I think there's two levels to this. Is one, yes, we are being judgmental cunts. I'm accepting it and I'm mm-hmm. working on it. Well, yep. I'm obviously not working on it because I'm just I'm holding on to it tight. But like, so ju- I'm okay. First, accept I'm being pretty judgmental here and I've got to take a little step back. Second, that person is a human being and they are, again, like Cameron's talking about, they are not in control of their free will. They do not have free will to be that person that they are being. Whatever the fuck has gone on in their life has caused them to feel that insecure in whatever it is that they are, that they think they need to project a self that's different than what their authentic self is. Whatever it is that's going on in the inside of them, they don't want us to see their authentic self because the only reason we're experiencing the costume is because they're not comfortable showing me their real self. Whatever it is, that means they're afraid to show something real. They're afraid to show something normal. So they hurt, they're hurt, they're damaged, they're scared. As much as they're putting on that fucking gross front and you want to run away from them, at the inside of you a little bit, you can, just as you say, like, listen to the music for what the music is, see the nuance in the music, try and understand why there's some value in what they're doing. At the same time, yeah, maybe it is. It would do probably both of us better Mm. to sit with that person and be like, Mm. what are you hiding in there? Mm. You know, you are a human somewhere underneath there. Mm. And maybe hopefully by being like allowed, putting those walls down a little bit, they might relax a little and stop being that person. But I, then at the same time, it's like, yeah, I got shit to do though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I haven't got the time. I could bust down those walls. But I just haven't got the time. Yeah, like how many people do you really want to spend your time like talking to yogis about, you know, their practice mm. when they're going to just tell you a, a speech they practice in the mirror for 10 years in a row, you know. It's kind of like, yeah, I know, but I've got a podcast I got to do, mm. I got to go. Mm. <laughs> I've got this um so the question I asked before, you know, with regard to technology, right? So I spend a lot of time in that space, 
Yeah. And it's so new and that there are no guidelines. There are no, it's full wild west out there, right? Oh, a lot the of people, world. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people making a lot of money um, and everything else that comes with the liberty of a space like that. Yeah. It just it's so hard to find in this the old world. It's so hard to find the freedom. Um, there's no judgment for so you went to this school, you went and got this many years of education. There's none of that. Oh, that's cool. Over there. Wow. If you have whatever the guidelines are within that space, they're not based on the education system. They're not based on the, the qualifications in that that we have. Yeah, they're like, and can the you system. Do this? Yeah, and oh, that's wow. what's so exciting about that place. It's almost revolutionary. It really is the deeper you go. But wow. the question I had was psychologists. Do you think that, say you're a, you're a nafty person, right, and you go to eight years of education to get your degrees, all that bullshit in psychology, that you'll be good at your job? Well, not necessarily, no, not at all. That's what that's the kind of thinking that is both detrimental and beneficial. Um, so when you go, hey, I'm having mental issues, I go to a psychologist. You sit there and you go, nah. Yeah, they don't understand. Yeah. They, they have no yeah. connection here. You're a psychologist, man. You went through all this bullshit. You're a psychologist, and I'm a nothing, and I'm sitting here, and I'm calling you out. Mm-hmm. I'm calling you out. Um, so I don't have a degree. You don't have a degree. But I think that people like yourself do more beneficial psychiatric <laughs> treatment just talking and being free. Because when you're a psychologist or you have to sp- speak, I can't do that because it might draw out these things, in it. you know, these yeah. walls and stuff. And I understand that. That's how you got to be because there's things that might happen that will call your practice into play and, you know, you'll come into harm and be up for law, judgment, rah, rah, whatever. This is human beings we're dealing with here. We shouldn't have those walls. You should speak as freely to me as I am to you yeah. with these malleable walls. Yeah, because it doesn't work. Like, you're broken human. You can't go to a structured place. Yeah, that's not necessarily. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point, man. You know, it's and sort of constricted. Yeah, and, it's, you know? and the two psychologists that would go through the exact same regimented training will come out drastically different depending on their connection to themselves and their practice. You know, like if, if somebody loves humans and they love psychology and they dive into it and they do those eight years, they're probably going to be a fucking amazing psychologist. Yes. And they're the person you want to see. Yes. And then there's the other person that did it because their dad did it and they think it's the right thing to do. It's a great job. You know, it's not their happiest thing. They'd rather be a guitar player, but, you know, whatever. they got to pay the bills. That person shouldn't be toying with your mind mm, you know mm. and that's the sad part about mm. it is we we aren't we aren't told to figure out what we want and what our passion is we really are trying to just figure out how can i make that money how can i do i've spent all this years i mean it's like that lady that was with your friend it's like i've spent all these years with this guy i've already been with him for 10 what's six more and it's like well no if you are a psychologist in your 10th year and you realize that really you just want to play in a band and you hate your clients and you hate your job and you hate what you're doing you're way better off just bailing it 
Even if your dad's going to be upset, just fucking bail it. 100%. Go, you know, go play music because mm-hmm. at least you're going to give one person joy, you to start with, then probably your family by a product of that because you're a better person. Even if you have to be a bus driver and your kids hate you for it, who gives a fuck? You're doing something that makes you a real human mm-hmm. that you love to be around and they love to be around. Vibrancy, yeah. You'll see yeah. it in color in your face. Yeah. So you might go to a... So we go to a psychologist and you've got to go to those horrible buildings, you know, with like eight car parks, not enough car parks. You're just like, fuck this. The whole thing's horrible. Mm. You can go to a petrol station and there's a person behind the counter. <laughs> there's magic. That, that sees you come in and has the ability to be like, this individual has something on their mind or something. They can just tell because they body language or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll say something, boom, throw it out there. <laughs> and pulls you out, and the next thing, next thing you go, you you've come out. <laughs> yeah. You're a fucking genius. You did more than whatever you'd pay at the fucking psychologist. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Man. Yeah, that's the old world. That's that's where I'm at the moment. I'm I'm over here and I'm seeing this, and I'm just like, man, if you people are not seeing this, um, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you're going to be left behind. The new crypto world, you mean? Yeah, because within, it's called crypto, and crypto is money. But crypto is technology and progressive, um, really, really right at the cusp. It's the latest and greatest. It's it's like they're, they're developing new versions of what the internet was in the 90s. Yeah, and you, we always yeah. hear 3.0 and stuff like that. And all the tech jargon, it's not why I'm there. I'm there well, because... you're on the edge of newness. You know, and the technology. Yeah, we see AI and things like that. We see a bit of it and go, wow, that, that cartoon's dancing in 3D on your phone. Well, these people are the creators of the tech. They're ones and zeros. Wow. Yeah, so at the moment, the ones and zeros are so far ahead that the ones that take the ones and zeros and make it something pretty and usable are not there yet. Wow. Yeah, so, the, some of the tech is building layers on layers without damaging the base layer, which is the utmost integral layer, which is privacy, security, and pretty much truth. Wow. So humans create something that at its, at its core is f- going to have faults. Yeah. That's what humans do, which is great. Yeah. A computer and technology is ones and zeros. If it's not the zero, if it's not the combination, doesn't get in. There's no there's no wishy washy. It is or it isn't. So when they're trying to build a monetary system based on you can't exploit this. There's no way you can print anything. There's no way you can create. There's nothing. You either do or you don't. Wow. That. That's what I mean. That's where money should come from because it's not influenced. Yeah, and it can't be manipulated by other people. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, and that's that space. So then you go, okay, let's let's pull back a second here. So we've got this place of pure truth, and you know, everyone should have an opportunity. Everyone should have the chance to make money, sell whatever, without these assholes getting a cut. Mm-hmm. And then you go, and here's the old world, and you go, there is a lot of old money here. It's not going to go, bang, straight into new, new money. Old money doesn't like new money. It's gotten to that point. 
Oh, wow. The old dogs, you know, be, be it what, what you want to call it, but they run the shit. They go... You mean the reptilian shapeshifters? If that's what they're called <laughs> to some people. Yeah, and I have heard that. Um, yeah, they, they are the ones who basically say how much will be implemented over what period of time. Yeah, they're people that are controlling the money, yeah. more or less. Yeah, so I see the, the Puritans. So I refer to me back in the day, punk rock, punk rock only. Mm, mm-hmm. Then over time it exposes, you know what, oh, radio music, there's a couple of good songs. So right now there's, a, there's an organisation called Ripple and they're the bank people that are creating their own cryptocurrency, right? And the Puritans hate, so it's a war. Between oh, wow. the, the, the bank people creating a cryptocurrency and then the Bitcoin, the maximalists, they call them. So it's fucking just 100%. Me, I can see that. I can see that. I'm going to put money in both of them. See what happens. <laughs> Fuck. Because history doesn't repeat at rhymes. So all through history... Ever since pen and paper, they there has been that battle going on between good and evil, whatever you want to call it. This is what we're seeing in this form called cryptocurrency. Wow. It's the old fucking world going, that there is is the shit, but we want to make money. Yeah, wow. They're just trying to find their way in. Yeah. But, and that's a cool thing too, I mean... I mean I, I, I'm always on the side of, like, the originators, you know what I mean? You love the idea of, like, the, yeah. the DIY people, the people that work their asses off to get it right. And you just, I hate the concept, I hate the idea of, like, some fucking, you know, big bank group of old, fat, pudgy, you know, milky white men walking over and being like, we got to get some of that crypto. <laughs> and that's the Fuck thing. You. 100% <laughs> fat, bald, white cunt. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? History says that if I throw a few bucks their way, they might make me some money, right? Uh, and to do better in my world. Yeah, well, and you because you're, I mean, that's the other problem too that we always tend to be like, nah, fuck everybody else. I'm going to do it on my own. And then you're dragging shit through nothing for as long as your life is. And then you die like, well, at least I never fucking yeah. listened to reggae. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, yes. you probably would have been happier if you listened to a little bit of reggae. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the point. Is that, you know what, making those choices sometimes get you burnt. And it's like just a little bit, like not whole hog, but wear a ripple (laughs) t-shirt, back it, you know, don't go full hog. But, you know, fuck, in the short time they're going to make me some money to do better in my world. Yeah, not going to change me as a human. Mm. But um, that's, that's that realm. So you've got this, these old heads, these psychologists that go, hey, I spent eight years at Bucket. Fuck up. Mm-hmm. I respect that and everything, but man, like, if you don't, if you're not acknowledging psychedelics and those types of things, Absolutely, what are we yeah. doing here? Yes, yeah, you know, like, completely. you're hanging on to what? Like, what, what, is, what are you defending? Yeah, you say, oh, well, PhD, I completely disagree with. Do you take any? Yeah, have Did you, you ever tried? Have you ever tried it? Yeah. Then make the decision, yeah. make the call. But like, you just see it too often. It's like, no, those, that's no. And you're like, but no, no. <laughs> that place is like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, I yeah. Know. Well, that's us, man. That's our challenge going forward. Is it when that voice comes up inside us that we go, nah, we go, okay, wait, hold on. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to work on that. We'll report back to you on how I'm going to, dealing with the <laughs> dealing with the yogis in the future. Give it ten years. If um, you had a recommendation for people, like if they were going to look into crypto, what do you think they should do? It's a Twitter. Twitter. Jump on Twitter. Oh, real. It's um, crypto Twitter. Uh, maybe just um, hashtag that in Twitter. Okay. And um, that's basically because they all say it. They say as soon as you you test the waters, you fall down the rabbit hole. That saying has been just on repeat. Yeah. I don't hear it over here. <laughs> I just don't hear the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole is like drugs and stuff like that. But the rabbit hole is right there. And go into crypto Twitter and just hashtag Bitcoin. Yeah. And then just follow the clicks, man. Just go down, tumble down the rabbit hole, follow what resonates. If it's tech, if it's the ones and zeros, you know, whatever, just run with it. And huh. and actually do do the time. Yeah, because this Read is an interesting those. thing. Everyone's looking for that quick fix. And I'm one of them because I'm like, look, I want an alternative currency because I, I do want to figure out and experience that world. But again, you know, I'm like, oh, but time. I, I need to read books about psychology so I feel better in my conversations with people. I want to know more about my world and my, you know, history of this shit. And then I'm like, yeah, but Bitcoin, that's a thing. And I know it's there. And I, I'm, I've got money sitting around that needs to go somewhere else to actually do better probably in the world. And I like the idea of supporting that community because I, I, you know, I want this to succeed. I think it is the right way forward for all of us. But yeah, again, like it comes back to everything. It's like do your own research. Take the time. Figure it out. Read the articles. Yeah, damn. Yeah, read the articles. I thought you were going to have a good answer for me. That was easy. It's, it's, <laughs> it really is mind-boggling. It's uh, mind-blowing. And I haven't had that much hope for for a long time. Wow. Basically. And it's it's the technology that's right on – it's knocking on the door. Cool. Yeah, and the, the cool thing is they're more punk than punk rock. Yeah. They are Sick. yeah, saying to the regulators and that, like, you old bald cunts have no <laughs> fucking idea how to even regulate this. We're moving forward. We're going to Malta. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're going to the Seychelles, Mauritius. We're going over to these places because they're unregulated and we're going to fucking do what we want to do. Wow. With that you know, the opportunity in mind. If you want to make money, but because you're not in the United States, you're not allowed to invest in crypto if you're in the United States. What? Yeah, you have to go through so much bullshit to be an investor that it just boggles my mind. Oh, my God. It is ridiculous. And, you know, that will be probably detrimental to the United States as a country because they're trying to, oh, we won't want you, we don't understand this. If you're not on the fucking team and getting in there and getting dirty... You're going to get left behind. Wow. Yeah, and that's what the Securities and Exchange Commission, they're right now, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll. fuck up. You're yeah. done. We're over here. <laughs> We're over here. Yeah, they like, yeah, that's what's happening. So you're kind of like seeing the old world going, hey, hey, you're breaking the <laughs> shut up, can't. <laughs> We're over here and we're in, what are you going to do? <laughs> Full Wild West. That's awesome. Yeah, but so the United States completely different to Australia. You know, Australia, you can go, Sign up online. Yeah, I gotta do that, man. Yeah, Coinspot, do, do your thing. It's fucking easy. And you know, if you wanted advice, I'm sure old mate um, yeah, Tanvir, Tanvir mm-hmm. he he's. I'm actually going to a um, Ethereum. Um, uh, what do they call it? Like an Ethereum, some 
fucking thing that's not my realm, but I want to go and hang out with these people. Yeah, cool. Yeah, on Tuesday at 6 oh, o'clock in Madrabah. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, man, like, there's no one. There's fucking no one out there doing it. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, it's like, dude, if you yeah, want to make... it seems too hard. Yeah, if I you want to make 100 grand realistically, stop fucking around. What are you going to go, like, do part-time and work back in? No, <laughs> it's right here. Do the time and you're going to do it. Right. It's because, like, Bob and Terry and Grant, they all did it. And they are just, like, making Instagram videos, like, with, like, shit tats going, this is how you make me ring. <laughs> with thousands, because they made it in crypto. It's like, I want to, yeah. there. I'm going to have to go the I hard route. take selfies on a yacht. No. <laughs> yeah. A <laughs> shitty-ass dinghy, you know? Because um, it's, it's real. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. If you want to make money, bit of time, you, you can do it. But if you're going to try and make money here to get that better grounding, yeah. foundation for your own life, um, you know, you, you, what are you going to do here? You're pushing shit uphill. I know. You've got to go through the old slog and there's no, all that money's been taken. Man. Yeah, it's exactly. And it ain't for you. Yeah. You know, if you ain't got the, the, the strength to work harder, work smarter. Mm, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, just work smarter and go where the smart people are. Don't follow the money smarts. Follow the tech smart because the money smarts are over there. Wow. Trying yeah. to make money off them, yeah. So, But, yeah, go to Twitter and just fall in, man. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Any questions, hit you up. Yeah, it <laughs> knocked me up. Hit up Kurt. <laughs> oh, it was so good talking to you, man. Thank you. I don't know if I was going to survive that because my brain is on six hours of sleep hey, and lots of music. You did I'm, well. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, great chat. Well, you're always welcome, man. I love having you here. Till next time. Till next time. Hello again. On advice from my brother, he recommended that I didn't just leave us hanging, leave you hanging at the end of the conversation and that I should just quickly recap what just happened after you've just spent an hour listening to me talking to my friend Kurt. Um, that was Kurt Chatfield and he plays in a band called Not Okay from New Zealand. They don't play music uh, very much anymore but their music is still out there in the world if you want to go and check it out. I've got links to it on my website at lornabremner.com. Also, if you like the conversation and you want to uh, help support the conversations and keep them going in the future, uh, head over to patreon.com. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash Lorna Bremner. And you can, you know, instead of buying me a coffee once a month or a shot of whiskey, which is what I would prefer uh, back in the day, um, now you don't have to deal with me being a drunk mess at your house. You can just give me five bucks or ten bucks a month and help the conversation going what help keep the conversation going and uh you know be a part of the team hope you guys have a great week thanks again for listening i'll talk to you again soon mm-hmm.